Welcome to Live from the Dutch Hall. I'm your guest, the last man to fire your host, Pete Van Dyke. Hey, thank you, Paul. Thank <laughs> you. So it looks like uh, on this episode, I just might get murdered. Thank you, crowd. You're very nice today. Welcome to Live from the Dutch Hall, everybody. I'm your host, Pete Van Dyke. I sound like I'm coming from a bit of a toilet bowl. Do you sound, does it sound like that to you too, Paul? No, no, you sound good. Oh, thank you. Well, today uh, we're calling this episode, uh, Pete Might Get Murdered, because, uh, well, number one, because uh, our guest tonight is, uh, as he said in the opening, was is the last man ever to fire... Pete Van Dyke, fire myself. It's my brother. Oh, we're going to go back in time and talk about it? <laughs> that was an accidental uh, uh, dream heart. But it, again, it always comes at a fitting time when we're trying to tell our stories here. And uh, the basic uh, gist of it is that uh, my brother is a fact that um, in, uh, wh- wh- how long ago was it? A month ago? A month ago, maybe, yeah. A month ago. In the last couple months, maybe the end of November or so, we decided to... Uh, I got hired on in the uh, by my brother as, as a to construct a great uh, work of art out of uh, wood. Is that what we did? <laughs> yeah, I think you hired me though. I hired, well, I sourced the job, right? <laughs> so we found a guy in need that needed to have a deck built, and uh, we uh, well it was moved, right? It was deck moved, and so we did it for him, uh, and uh, we thought it would be something to kind of fill in some time and. Uh, Maybe um, maybe I could even uh, get some money to buy Christmas presents for my wife. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, like a, a nice little thing to keep you busy. Have a nice pro- uh, project with your brother. We even said at the beginning of the project. Do you remember saying at the beginning of the project? We said, uh, you said, uh, you know, this is kind of nice. It's not quite like work because, you know, you get to still spend time with your brother and you're working. But, you know, you're kind of work, uh, you know, you still get to catch up with uh, family and stuff. Hey, Paul? Yeah, Did you say was, something like that? Yeah, it was fun, but we we went through a couple jobs. We've made it through a couple jobs. Yeah, we've done jobs in the past, yeah. We almost made it to the end of that one, too. Yeah, we came very close, very close <laughs> to the end of that job, but not quite to the end of it. As I as I remember, it ended in a physical alter, altercation, and uh, so we're going to get into the physical altercation a bit later, uh, but first I'm going to tell you the other reason why I think that there's a good chance... Well, actually, I was really lucky because I really dodged a bullet here. Uh, pardon the pardon the terrible pun, given what's going on in the world today. Uh, I'm not making light of the terrorist attack in um, in France. You know, you've, have you you've heard this on the news? It's yeah. a big story on the news. The uh, terrorist attack in France, and they killed a person uh, or people that were involved with the magazine uh, that uh, did a lot of uh, satirical cartoons and stuff that uh, poked fun at the Prophet Muhammad, right? You heard about that? Yes. Yeah. Which I think you can say it. Can you say the, or the one that can't be spoken? I don't know if I'm allowed to even say that. Say the word. The word. Is that what the rules are? Well, you're sure not allowed to draw a picture. 
excuse me, no, you can't. You can't draw a picture. That's the last thing you can do is draw a picture. That's a, that's a, a real no-no in that uh, belief system, I guess, for some of those people. Uh, I don't know if all is that those. I'm not. I'm not saying those people mean. You know, those people. And then see all these things. You're worried you're gonna get murdered, right? Yeah, you, you can't even it. talk about it. I had Muslims on the wheel of uh, fear. Remember that, Paul? The wheel of fear. <laughs> Dave Charters was afraid of the Muslims. Remember yeah. that? Well, I have them murder you. <laughs> well, that's why we're afraid they're gonna murder. But I'm not making light of this. I'm, I'm just saying that I I didn't know the rule. I didn't know this rule. I I. Uh, I thought everybody was like us Catholics, you know, that we kind of had a little bit of a sense of humor about it. You know, my ignorance, uh, again, just hiding under a rock here in my nice comfort in Norfolk County in the middle of nowhere on this cold planet, you know, and tucked away in rural Ontario. You know, you, you, you don't really pay attention to all the, those kind of rules. And I'm doing a little podcast in my back shed. I have a plan all worked out, like, uh, great, uh, you know, uh, lots of uh, exciting opportunities are happening with the Dutch Hall program. And uh, so I was thinking, why well, don't I come up with a great idea for a show? And so I had this idea where we were going to, because I like talking about religion. You know, I, I, we always talk about my friend Dave Charles being a staunch Catholic, you know, just staunch Catholic. And I, I've had staunch Catholics on before. We've, we've had uh, uh, Presbyterian on. I remember having a Presbyterian on one time, you know. I, think we, I don't know if we talked about it on air, but, you know, we have all kinds of religions on the air. That was the two, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't talked about the Muslims. But anyway, so I, I like talking about religion. So I thought, well, maybe this time I'm going to uh, talk about um, all the religions, you know, to bring, kind of bring, because I have everyone from the world listening to the show, everyone from uh, all around the globe listening to Life from the Dutch Hall. We have six different continents that listen, right? So I thought, well, what we do is we'd have uh, a, a puppet show where uh, we would depict all the different uh, religions, you know, and tell their stories, and we would do that. But uh, I would do, we would do it in puppet show form. And I thought because my show is an adult program, you know, it's uh, more risque sometimes. You know, <laughs> some would even call it controversial. We had a listener, listener call it controversial uh, not too long ago, which I which I t- I didn't know we had a controversial program. But I thought you know well, let's play up to that. You know, I'll do uh, we'll make it a little risque. So my idea was that we we're going to do a puppet show. With our penises, right? <laughs> and all the guests that I brought in would just have a cutout where their penis would be dressed up like the different religious characters from history. We'd have Moses and <laughs> Jesus and uh, Buddha for someone with a big chopper, a big fat one. <laughs> we have to invite we have a, a, one of our guests. I won't name him now because maybe this is a show we could do in the future. But uh, my role in the whole thing was the... Uh, the uh, one that can't be spoken. <laughs> oh, you definitely got murdered. <laughs> yeah, I was very close to getting murdered. <laughs> is what I'm saying, because I didn't know that going into it. But as it turns out, I dodged a real bullet there because I read that because when that story broke and I started caring more about the issue, then you realize, oh my goodness, like uh, I really shouldn't, uh, you know, cut a hole in my pants, pull out my <laughs> penis. Dress it up like the Prophet Muhammad and like try to enact the history of their religion. That would be offensive, you know. <laughs> and I, <laughs> they might not take that the right way. Eh? They would not take that. Uh, that would be something that they would frown upon. I think in that fa- in that religion. That's what I. That's what I've come to find out, right? <laughs> so that was a real bullet dodger. That's the one I was. I was really lucky to dodge that one, and uh, so uh, my show fell apart. So then uh, my brother, luckily, came through for me. But um, 
Well, I actually, I, to be quite honest with you, I'll tell you the truth. I already told it to my brother before I started. I had called uh, everyone else that has ever done the show. I think I texted. And uh, the one person I did not text was my brother. Um, I uh, didn't. I texted everyone but him because I was still probably uh, 3% sore still about oh. the old incident. <laughs> I wasn't right ready to, to, to talk about it yet, you know? I was still going to maybe just sensitive side. <laughs> the cooling off period. <laughs> it's like a it's like a it was like a bell curve. It was it was like a bell curve, you know. I started out real hot. Real hot. <laughs> right? Okay, we should stop this. We should uh wait, let's wait. I'm going to pause one second and we're going to get right back. We should go dream harp it and go right back and tell the whole story of how this thing went down. Just one way I'm going to pause it. Oh, here it goes. It is a cold uh, late November day, right? It's the beginning. It was a late November. We had a big snowstorm, like a big blustery snowstorm uh, where it was coming down buckets. Then we we're just starting to build, build a deck, right? This oh, is... yeah. It rained and snowed for two weeks. The so two weeks we built the deck. Yeah. It rained and snowed every day. Freezing cold, snow, rain, like elements to deal with. It is uh, standing in, a, in, a, in muddy ground, you know, sometimes, you know, can't see the what you're doing you got to brush the snow off of it as you're building it you know not ideal conditions to build uh something around a swimming pool right no no not the yeah it was we had elements to do yeah if this was like the same project but in the middle of you know july oh it would have been beautiful yeah it would have been great we would have we would never have it would never have come to a physical altercation at the end as it did right oh no there's definitely if it was in the summer it would have been great like beer drinking on it though we didn't even drink beer on it we just got to get it done get out of the rain yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah even even when our when our the homeowner was being very generous you know like as far as offering us to have a beverage from time to time we're like no you know like uh or even when you get a coffee you know you drink the coffee go back to work drink the coffee go back to work right yeah so over time, the honeymoon phase of working with your brother and uh you know like doing something with your hands and trying to you know, get out there and be active again. Like the first of the project, I come home, I work a nice hard day of work, and then you feel good, and you you know you go to bed, you know, and you, f- and you feel like you did something. I felt good about it, you know. Uh, after the weather beats you up for a while, and uh, you, you're not excited about doing something different again, it's like you're getting pretty like let's get this done, right? And uh, with my limited uh, s- uh, skill set, right? Would you say that's fair? Like, uh, oh yeah, yeah. If you I'm you not, were in my world. It's you're right. I'm. If I went to your world, I'd be the same way. Yeah. If you were in uh, in a commercial banking situation, <laughs> Paul, <laughs> where uh, where um, you were sitting around a boardroom table, and I'm trying to explain to you what you're gonna need to do, Paul, is you have to fill in these sales reports. You know, well, you got no. You got to put your sales there might be calls a physical in there. Altercation. <laughs> right, right. There might be a there might be a physical altercation. Exactly. It's not like uh, it's you know it's not like it's uh, you know it's not like um, uh, you know I'm I'm it's it's just a different world. You know, you know it's a different skill set to build. You know, I I spent my time trying to like uh, figure out how to eat shit sandwiches from douchebags and corporate structure. You know, like that's what I. I spent a long time doing, you know, sitting in a meeting, listening to people who kind of barely get through a day of work, you know, because they do like maybe, 
maybe 45 minutes of work in an eight hour day. And most of the time they're just sitting around like blowing, uh, like, like shooting the shit with people that they work with. They, that's called management or whatever. It's like, uh, that's, that's, that is like people you got to like listen to when you're trying to like balance the ideas. They're coming up with more shit for you to do when you got like a zillion other fucking things to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's the stuff that you, where if you're not, uh, sitting there with the mindset saying like, okay, this is, there's something to hear like money or something like uh, maybe there's a good job at the end of it maybe it doesn't suck eventually you know otherwise uh you'd you do you would punch someone in the face like you would every day you punch someone in the face oh yeah for You're, sure right? i'm done fired <laughs> i would i would definitely be fired that's it i've never seen it and in, in all the years too there you, you never see one a guy get through where all of a sudden you're like, you know, like a guy like you that gets into the bank and like, which like me, you know, yeah. <laughs> there was guys like you, like I'm one of them <laughs> that was doing that shit. And there's other guys that listen to this show that are doing it right now who are the type of guy that punch you in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still listening to people who are like. But they, they got families to feed, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to eat a shit sandwich, feed your kids. Yeah, you know, it's different. <laughs> and even when you're doing, when you're the type of guy. Who says I'm never gonna do that? Like I'm never gonna eat a shit sandwich. You're still eat shit sandwiches, don't you? Like you still gotta listen. Oh, for sure, all the time. But when it's your brother, you don't have to eat it. That's right. <laughs> <You know. laughs> that is right. That is the point of the story. <laughs> That's kind of the moral at the end. We kind of spoiler alert there. <laughs> But after a while, when things start to wear at you, and you're like, I think, uh, you know, I just want to get this job done. So, like, I want to get to work, you know. And I'm and I am not the type that really is comfortable at working at fifty uh, percent. You know what I mean? Like, I want to go. Yeah. You know, if I'm if I'm gonna spend my time doing this project, I want to work. You know, like uh, so when I when I feel under when I felt I felt underutilized. Okay, I'm gonna put it that way. I felt underutilized. And I had, and I also felt like, uh, even though my capabilities are limited, I still had the, I still could have done more than what I was doing. Is what oh, I thought. Oh, for sure. You know, and I, and uh, so, and instead of being like the, uh, where I, where I had a problem, where I, well, admit, well, admit I had, a, I admit I should have done better, was, uh, I should have looked forward and seen the things I could have done and just done them. You know, like I should have seen the fact that I that what was coming yet in the job like and and just and just said you know i'm not going to be a much help in this part of the job like i'm not going to be a much help finishing what he's doing figuring out those angles on those cuts but i can sure as hell start putting up fence boards so let's get the fencing done if we know we're going to that doing that much of the project anyways yeah you know there's no reason why i can't be putting the fence up while the you know we could have done it more efficiently that way we just ended up getting crowded in a tricky spot we had three of us at the end of two weeks, um, <laughs> I think you might have had a cup of coffee, so you're on some caffeine, a little wrapped <laughs> up. And I do have I do have a problem <laughs> with caffeine. I don't usually drink caffeine because it does. I do turn into quite a maniac. <laughs> I've never done cocaine in my life. This is an honest truth. I'll say on the show. I don't I don't understand cocaine. I've never done it, but I would imagine that a cup of that a, that a Red Bull, like a a, a vodka Red Bull. Is a to me is like what I would imagine cocaine to be like, and uh, I would never in a million years. That's the reason why I won't do that stuff because I think that uh, I would be uh, uh, an animal. Like I don't think I. I think something <laughs> bad would happen. Yeah, like I just so I'm not. You have a, you have a, 
a Jager bomb and you're up for. Yeah, yeah, I can't do it. You know, I'll do, when I do Jager bombs now, it's just the Jager. Like, I skip the bomb because I, I can't. I can't. I need to sleep eventually. Yeah, it's three days later. You know, like so. The only time I'll do that is in Las Vegas, is where I'll have a Red Bull, because then I'm like, well, who cares if I sleep? And then you don't go to Vegas to sleep, do you? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. So that's the only time I do that, and it usually ends up pretty ugly. Like it is pretty uh, high test there when you go. It's tough coming down, eh? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I told the story about my three-day uh, my three-day Vegas story where I forgot to eat for three days. <laughs> it was not a pretty sight. Anyways, so we're in, yeah, we're in a crowded in a little spot of this deck at the end of the project. We've got through this kind of, it was very, very like, there's challenging at all levels because you have to move an old structure and build it again. Like It was actually the last tricky board everything after that board was simple like it, it was the last angle of the deck too like everything after that was totally square cuts right so this is how it happened this is my version of how the physical altercation began okay we're sitting there on the last cut you're right and uh, i'm screwing the the board in which is not lining up so it's square so i have to well, what has to be done, I shouldn't say I have to, but I, the, what has to be done is I have to put take out the two screws and just push the board till it is square and then put the screws down so the board runs uh, plumb with the next board so it looks good. And uh, I knew I had to do that. That was what I was going to do, but I spoke it out loud. And the uh, answer, Paul thought I was asking him what to do. And uh, Paul grabbed the tool from my hand and did that quick job. And then handed me the tool back. And that was my straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> as far as what I was concerned was uh, not acceptable at all. I am, uh, and uh, I proceeded to tell the homeowner to go fuck himself. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I told, no, wait, I told you to go fuck yourself first. And then, uh, and then when the owner was uh, p- said one word, and I don't even know what he did. He might have just been trying to calm me down or something. But I uh, told him to go fuck himself. <laughs> and then you told me to get out of there. And then I kept talking, and you told me to stop talking, right? Yeah. And then, uh, or, and then uh, you just came charging at me like a bull. And I remember, I, remember, I remember seeing that, and it was like slow motion, seeing you charge at me. Because I remember as I'm telling you, as I'm still yelling at you, I can see it charging at me. And I'm like, I can't fucking believe that I am a, an old man. Like, I'm a, I'm a 41-year-old man who's, who's about to get into a fight, fist fight. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that you're going to throw punches because you throw punches, right? <laughs> yes, I do. And I don't throw punches. <laughs> Like I, I, I have only thrown punches once in my life. I've only thrown punches once in my life. Is that me? No, uh, no, it was at a group, a group of <laughs> Lebanese children. <laughs> I call them Lebanese children. They're probably 19 year old kids, and I was probably 23 or no, 20, 24. I was 24. It was right before my wedding. And yeah, it was right for my wedding, a Waterford Pride whiskey night. And uh, we called these things because there was three of us from Waterford, the town of Waterford, who went to high school in the town of Brantford, right? And so we would, uh, we got together one time and drank whiskey 
and uh, it got to be a little ugly, you know. Like uh, we we ended up having a great time, but we ended up we had a bottle of whiskey, and someone else brought a bottle of whiskey. And we had multiple bottles of whiskey, you know. And we're like just coming home from university or something, and then you open the you keep uh, opening them up and saying we're not going to leave till the whiskeys are drank, you know. And then next thing you know, uh, you're having a great time, but a lot of crazy shit happened, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this time, first time we got hats, we went up at this uh, place, this embroidery place. I think we took a tri- uh, quads, you know, the, through, through our fields and uh, ended up at this embroidery place that was on this farm that was behind us, right? And we got hats made that said Waterford Pride on them. And then we put our nicknames on the back, but none of us had real nicknames. <laughs> like we just call each other by our names, right? So uh, we kind of made up nicknames in a drunken state. And uh, you want to know what they were? <laughs> yeah, I do. Do you remember what they were? Well. Do you remember those hats? Do you remember it, those hats? It, uh, yeah. Yeah. But Dave would be fat boy. Yeah. Dave was fat boy. Uh, <laughs> Charters, or the man that writes the music for the sh- live and the soul program. <laughs> he was fat boy. And uh, that was a name that we made up for him, I think. <laughs> yeah. Just for a moment. <laughs> I don't think he was a big fan of that nickname. I don't think he was hoping it would stick. <laughs> but we thought it was a quite a fitting nickname. We we enjoyed the nickname, but we, I don't think it was it was his favorite one. And then uh, our other fella uh, friend, his his nickname was Tex, Tex because he had uh, he was a, a tall guy, and uh, he uh, we seen him we seen his genitals quite often, and they were it, we call him the Texas Footlong, right? <laughs> yeah, he was hung like a horse. Eh? <laughs> he was he was hung like a horse, and. Uh, and uh, that's why he had a false sense of conf- confidence all the time. I mean, you, know, you can't be that confident with a huge hog. And then, yeah, sure. I remember this one time, I don't, I'm not going to mention his name because I, I think it's a funny story. When we were in high school, do you ever, I, don't, I never told you this story probably. When we were in high school, one of our friends had a swimming pool, right? It's like the warm weather in high school, right? So his parents had a swimming pool. So we could, like, cut class, right? We cut class and uh, we'd go, and go for a swim at this guy's place, right? And it was awesome, right? We all cut class, but we're under uh, school uniforms, like Catholic school. We're wearing like gray pants and white shirt, you know. We're like gonna go to, we're going to this guy's swimming pool, right? And uh, so we just go in our underpants, right? So uh, most of us are wearing boxer shorts, you know, in those days, like white boxer shorts or whatever. And uh, this fella, he's wearing these white boxer shorts, no pattern on it, nothing, just like plain white boxer shorts. <laughs> And it's just a bunch of dudes, right, that, that, that cut class and went. And then a bunch of the girls show up, right? Eventually, we realize it's... it's uh, mm. Sorry, it's a little dry. So uh, eventually, we realize, like... <clears throat> oh, no, sorry. Uh, I think at one point, the boxer shorts were kind of, like, no good. <laughs> so a lot of people just threw the boxer shorts off, right? And then... Uh, so a bunch of us are naked, right? Then these uh, girls show up, right? And uh, so we all go and grab our underpants and then put them on i think at first we didn't want to get our pants wet because we had to go back to school so we just went in naked we just jumped in it was hot we, we just like <coughs> took off our clothes and like cannonballed in the pool naked that's how it went down or something like that you know it's kind of gay i know it's kind of sounds gay but it was just something we did you know summertime your kids or whatever you know, we didn't touch dicks or nothing like that all we did was uh you know we had, all we did was fucking <laughs> we went swimming you know so uh we were in the pool and uh, we all grab our swim trunks. These girls show up, eh? These three girls show up, right? And uh, good-looking girls, like girls that we all uh, uh, would not like 
to see our dicks, right? And now, you know, swimming and stuff. They're not their best. <laughs> <laughs> I remember me being right against the rail when they came, and I was close to my thing, so I had, like, an easy grab. And I was slick, and I just pretended I was in them the whole time, you know, like talking to the girls. I look over at my friend who's got these white boxer shorts on, uh, and he they're soaking wet. He's on the diving board. You can totally see everything through his shorts, right? The girls are at the end of the pool, and he's just bouncing on the end of the board, right? With this huge dick of his. And it's like, fl- it's flopping and stuff, right? It's just flopping there. And I remember he's just sitting there with this, like, kind of like sly grin on his face, just just bouncing on the board. And then he jumps in the water. And then later on, he goes down the, he, he ends up taking off his underpants and he goes down the slide naked, um, like, but not like face first. It's like um, on his back. You know, with his head down and his face up in the air, and he slides down like that, and so his dick's like on his on his stomach when he's fall- when he's like when he's going down the slide, it's just like hanging on his belly button. You're, you're right, Andrew. you're looking more than the chicks. <laughs> well, we were howling. It was so funny. Eh? <laughs> to me, it was hilarious that this guy just didn't mind showing his dick. Eh? <laughs> just a foot long. What was your nickname on the head? Uh, my nickname was uh, Doc. Doc. Yeah, Doc. They call me Doc Van Dyke, <laughs> well, which was, uh, well, no one ever called me Doc. Like, not one person in the history of knowing me has ever called me Doc, even when I wore the hat. Nothing, <laughs> never caught on. <laughs> <coughs> I remember at that point in time, there was a number of reasons why I really liked the nickname Doc, because um, I remember the drunken conversation, actually, that resulted in the nickname, too, like when we decided to put that on the hat, because... Uh, I always we like the movie Tombstone, you know Tomb Tombstone, you know yeah. I think that was out around that time, and it had like uh, Kurt Russ uh, Val Kilmer was Doc Holliday, you know I'll be I'll be your Huckleberry, you know that, <laughs> remember that? <laughs> you know that that movie was like I love that movie like crazy, right? Like uh, the the whole Val Kilmer character I thought was just kick ass. I thought the movie was <laughs> coolest. And then it, it, Kevin Costner does that Wyatt Earp movie, and it's a piece of shit. It's like twice as long. It's like that Tombstone's awesome, man. That's a great movie, man. I love West those the westerns. Tombstone's like kitschy, like a little bit. It's fucking awesome. Val Kilmer nailed that role too. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> Anyways, so I remember liking that. So I think that was kind of playing in the in the, my my like nickname Doc a bit. Eh? Like I think I was kind of getting excited about it for that reason. I I wanted to be Doc Holiday, right? And then another thing was because I like to say, you know, not, not much unlike our scientific correspondent, Tom Bowen, back in those days, if I knew a little tidbit of information about anatomy or like, uh, you know, the uh, reproductive system, like when I was young, anything to do with any, like anything uh, to do with uh, um, just the body, like, uh, like uh, whatever, I would like give it up. You know, if I knew something about the female uh, vagina or Anything like that, you know, that it might, I would like to offer that information to my friends. Like, did you know this about the female vagina? Like, I would pass that information along because I was very interested in it, you know, anything like that. <laughs> you know, sex education for me when I was a young man was a very interesting class. I liked that class. <laughs> Tell me everything you want, everything I can know about it. And still, too, you read an article and they say, oh, a new, like a chart to the G-spot. I'm all in. Like, let me examine. I want to find that fucking thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've been searching for it. I'm like an explorer, right? So <laughs> you're more book smart, eh? Hey, I just go for the real thing. I'm hand, more hands on. <laughs> yeah, you're more hands on. Hey, you are book smart. <laughs> yeah, I like to study it. You know? <laughs> I'm definitely hands on. <laughs> yeah, I'm a great coach, you know. Maybe not a great player. 
Actually, that's probably pretty true, right? Like, <laughs> oh, for sure. Over the years, I think I was a better coach to you getting women than I was to uh, me getting them. <laughs> yeah? Your yeah. friend to your friends, maybe. Like, oh yeah, me and my friends seem to work. Like the. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like I, I, I mean, that's the thing about having a couple of years when you're a kid, you you make every mistake in the world, and then you get to be the point where you don't need to have that information anymore, and then the, then you figure it out, and you're like, well, what am I going to do with this? I know how to get girls now, but I already have a girlfriend, and she's very nice, and I don't want to cheat on her, so I got to pass that information on to these young fellas and see if it works for them, <laughs> yeah. right? And that's what I did, and then uh, ended up uh, paying out for a lot of your friends. They they said they had a, they had nice times. They met a lot of dynamite girls because of it. Oh yeah, dynamite, dynamite <laughs> girls. When you think back, you know, I know it's a source of great uh, t- uh, jealousy and tension amongst uh, you know spouses. Sometimes you know when you get uh, talking about old uh, old flings and stuff. This is another reason why Pete might get murdered. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> might as well throw you in the mix too, right? Oh, yeah. Now we're getting into dangerous, real dangerous territories when we start talking about <laughs> old old girls that we did bad things with, right? That maybe our wives would not like us to remember fondly. But let's say you did something, uh, let's just say, for example, let's just, I'm going to throw it out there like just as, a, as an old shot in the dark, right? <laughs> Knowing that my wife listens to every episode because she's very supportive <laughs> of this show. But let's just say, for argument's sake, that uh, you're a young man who is trying to, like, who takes the advice of his father, you know? Takes the advice of his wise old father, right? Who happens to be the same age as I am today, right? Okay. And uh, he, says to, he says to this young, impressionable uh, teenager who's got the, found the love of his life, he says to her, to him, you know what, you know what, son? You should probably, uh, you got a great girl there, but uh, before you go off and live a life, maybe, or uh, before you dedicate your life to this woman, maybe you should uh, make sure that you've lived a life first so you never have a regret in your, you know, looking back, right? That was the advice. Sow some wild oats. That's right. You go out there and just see what else is out there before you make too rash of a decision. You found a great girl, but make sure it's the right choice for you right that was the advice he gave me it was uh, a great advice and i followed it well what do you gotta do <laughs> you gotta say it in the microphone and I'll <laughs> take a leak all right pause <laughs> take a leak all right we're back from the leak where we left off in my almost uh, my what happened was in that story right there is uh i was about to say something that potentially could get me into trouble i was trying to set it up by trying to trying to like uh, tell a story and my brother had a pee. And then he went pee, and then we stopped it. And I, I gave me this that little bit of time, just the time that takes a man to pee, to uh, realize that I better be careful what I'm saying right here, right? <laughs> right? But let's just say, I'm talking about this. Let's say you do something in your past, right? And a little, when you're taking a break. Let's say this young man's taking a break, right? And it's an agreed-upon break between the man and the woman. And then you try to meet other girls because that's what the goal was, right? And let's say there's some things that happen or whatever that, uh, you know, or things at the time that you're kind of like, I don't want to ruin it with this girl because with my girlfriend, because she's nice or whatever. She's like still better than this other girl. But I still want to see what this other girl's about. Right. Yeah. So there's little thing. Right. <laughs> there's little things that you still ha- live a life. Right. And then uh, but those things are things you don't talk to your wife about when you get back together with her and live a long life together. And that you just say, leave that in the past. Leave it there. Right. And you say, never speak of anything, no matter how insignificant it might seem to you, 
leave it alone. But then you get to have about 20 years under your belt where those years are past, you know, like it's years and years in the past. You know, we're talking about like a story that that, that person that did anything that resembles that is uh, long dead, you know, <laughs> like I'm not every cell in my body right now is different than the cells in my body that were existed then. They've all been replaced by new ones. You know what I mean? I'm not... Uh, is that right? You're I should ask man. my scientific correspondent that, if that's true. <laughs> but I would imagine that. that since I've shed and grown and shit things out and replaced it with new shit, like I've evolved... I'm a diff- whole different person, right? No, Not even close to being the same. And so when I look back at those things when I was young, it's kind of like uh, nostalgic. It's like a coming-of-age thing, you know? It's part of the what makes you who you are today, right? It's not like... Anything that your wife could be upset about? This surely this much time has passed. Is there a statute of limitations on <coughs> how long before you're in trouble for something? What do you <laughs> think? I don't think you're in any trouble. <laughs> if let's just say well, this isn't true, okay? The, 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 the well, the fact that I did <coughs> I did take my dad's advice is true. That is true, right? I'm gonna come right out. That person that I was telling the story about earlier was me. <laughs> I, uh, I know I tried to keep it a secret from all you people at home listening to the program, but I'm telling you right now, it was me. It was me that I was talking about. I was uh, the man that uh, that had uh, let's try to see what other women were out there, you know, because I was heeding my dad's advice, and he's a wise man, you know. And I did it, and I preached. I don't regret it. I don't regret it one bit, you know. Then you pass that advice on to me, and I ran with it. You did, you did very well. I mean, I'm like, you think you think Ken Hitchcock was a good hockey player? You think Ken Hitchcock was a good hockey player? I don't know, was he? We should Google that if I knew how to do technology, but I don't. But uh, because he's a big fat guy, I don't think he ever played hockey. He was a hell of a coach, right? Same thing. I knew what I could have done. <laughs> if I, it's like people say, you know, if I know knew then what I know now, well. Yeah, like uh, I didn't know anything when I had the opportunities, and then now you figure stuff out. It's not that hard, really. Look at the meatheads that are all getting girls all the time. If that's the goal, if that's what you dedicated your efforts to, you know, to like getting like laid all the time, you can do it. You're gonna get a bunch of horrible girls, like, but you're gonna get some dandies. <laughs> but, <laughs> right? There's some of those girls that are like, I've met a couple girls. This is true, and this is actually since I've been a married man, I don't do anything with these girls. But when you when you talk, when you talk to them, I had a girl. She she had been with a long term relationship, right? Long term relationship. I just met her that evening, and uh, she was ta- very open about how she was um, had been like uh, with this guy for like 10, 15 years, whatever it was, a long period of time. I don't know how long she's with this guy, but a long period of time. They break up, and all of a sudden, she's out sowing her wild oats. You know, like seeing how much uh, cock she can get in the. And, <laughs> You know, like uh, going out and, you know, just getting banged all the time, you know. She's just enjoying it. She said she just just loved it, eh? Going out there, meeting a new guy. And he goes, what's great now is that, you know, the guys you meet, they have a house. And they have, like, they're actually, like, uh, established people. You just go over to their house. You have a, maybe a, a drink or two with them. And you bang them in a nice house, sleep in a nice comfy bed, you know, <laughs> in a decorated home. And then you go home or whatever, you know, like it's a thing with stuff in it. Where before, like before she met this guy, she was just like, if you wanted to get laid, you go to some fucking rat infested dorm room or whatever, you know, and where some the roommate's sleeping over there. And you're going to like uh, try to like 
discreetly slip one in under the covers or whatever, you know, or in the back of a car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in the back of a car, in the in a in a, out in the friggin' uh, in the reeds at Potahawk, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, back where young people fuck, you know, and anywhere, you know, in the ditches and poison ivy and uh, whatever you're gonna be in, Just wherever. Yeah, wherever <laughs> you can do it, because you're like young and horny and full of. You know, just wanting wanting to bang all the time, right? That's what you do. So, <laughs> so anyways, you look at the. It's not the same, you know. When you look at us, but anyways, she was saying that, and I remember thinking like, "Well, that's uh, I I uh, I I totally agree with it." You know, like that she wants to do that. Like that's uh, what you should want to do. She's just a just a sexually uh, um, open woman. You know what I mean? She's not. Uh, just likes cock. Yeah, she just wants to get 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 some <laughs> cock. You know, that's all she wants to do. I can't fault the girl for that. You know, like that's good. I just remember being fascinated by because I never heard a girl talk so candidly about it. You know, and she had, was, wasn't was on a, unapologetic. You know, just saying what she did. And I was like, um, I just hadn't I hadn't experienced it before. But then you got to admit, at some point, a conversation, a candid conversation, when it's just you and another girl, and she's being very candid about her sexual experiences. And then uh, at one point in time, when there's that silence, right, the conversation ends, and she just looks at you, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, that what do you do? Like you kind of feel now? Doesn't your male brain just automatically mean? So you want to fuck me, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Does that not work? <laughs> like I mean, I, I that's not fair to that girl, right? <laughs> that's not fair. Like she probably didn't want to bang me. Like oh yeah, probably <laughs> maybe. She was talking about it pretty openly with me, and then she just said that there was that bit of silence. <laughs> could, have been your, could have been anything. Yeah, could have been anything. But, but your male brain kind of goes to, I think I might have been able to, if I really tried we'll hard. Never, we'll never be able to read them. <laughs> right? But that girl just said she likes to like have intercourse, right? I could say intercourse. If I had to do a clean show, I could say intercourse, I imagine, right? I'm gonna practice yeah. doing a clean show because we've been we've been uh, approached that we might have to we might have an opportunity to bring the Dutch Hall to the next level and doing uh, some bigger things with the program and they're looking at uh, maybe bringing it to where well, we're still in the early stages but by next week I'm hoping to be able to tell you more about what's going on with the show but um, but they might they, but part of what is going to happen with the show might mean I have to be able to do things clean, but still be uh, still be the same show but clean. So I can say intercourse, right? So she talked about like having intercourse with other men, right? Yeah. And then listen, we're going to do this rest of the segment clean. Let's try to do it. <laughs> right. Good luck. Let's do that. This, not the whole show. Just this next. <laughs> this is a story about this girl and me bang. She her want to bang me. <laughs> you can say bang. Can you say bang? Is uh, that clean? Uh, it's risque. Risque, but I like it. I mean, it's edgy. I'm going to go with bang. So anyways, this girl's talking about banging, banging dudes and stuff like that, and she enjoys it, right? Well, I'm a dude, right? I'm talking to you. You like banging dudes, right? You just said it. Well, I'm a dude, right? So if I said to her at that point in time, I didn't say it, but if I did say it, if I said, hey, you like banging dudes, and I'm a dude, I like banging, I like banging yeah. girls, and you're a girl, right? Then let's do this banging thing. <laughs> Right? Probably would have worked. It probably would have worked. <laughs> and, and I'm going to tell you, you know, when you talk about <laughs> Oprah and all her, uh, the secret, you know, the secret, all this stuff. And there's a movie called the Airless Secret. You know, it's the freaking Illuminati, whatever. That's a fucking secret. <laughs> That's the secret. You want to have sex with that girl, you say, you know what? You like having sex? Because I like having sex. <laughs> we should have sex. That's the secret. 
And did and and there's a certain percentage of women that are going to hear that, and then and uh, they're going to say, "I think I don't like you at all. I think that you're very disgusting, and you should go away." You, know, maybe, you figured it out. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and then there's other girls that are like, "You know what? He's making a good point. I do like banging." It's like if you go to a. I've never tried this move, but if I was a single man, this is a move I would try. If you go, if you go to a girl and you say, "Hey, how's it going? Do you like banging? Because I like banging a lot." And you know. You're, if even if you think you're not gonna like it, I'm telling you, if you and I bang, <laughs> by the end of it, you're gonna be having a great fucking time, a great time. <laughs> I know it because I've never had had sex where we haven't had a great time. You know, like at the end of it, you don't just say, "Geez, that was a really annoyance." You know, at the end of it, usually like that was great, what a great time to spend a few minutes. You know, <laughs> I don't know anyone who doesn't enjoy it, right? How can you not feel pretty when you're just getting railed? <laughs> <laughs> that should be the next t-shirt <laughs> it just say it on the back of the t-shirt <laughs> yeah just like a tramp stamp at the bottom of the t-shirt <laughs> for sure <laughs> how can you look pretty how can you not feel pretty when you're getting railed <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're gonna make that a bumper sticker. All right, well that's a good time to do the next segment. We, well, we we should. Do you want to finish the fight first? All right. All right. Do you have? This is it. So you came charging at me. You came charging at me. This is the end of the fight. We're gonna finish it, and then we'll go to feedback. We got feedback. So so we're in it. I see that I'm gonna get into physical altercation. This is a pickup on the old story. If there's people with editing, they would go from the beginning of that story, which is like 25 minutes ago, and then they gotta go a whole bunch of bullshit about me, like uh, trying to pick up chicks and stuff, and then they go to this part of the story, which is the end of it, right? <laughs> so Paul comes charging at me like a bull, and I know I'm gonna get in a physical altercation, but I'm not a striker. Paul is a striker, so I'm looking for fists right away. I'm looking for fists. And to Paul's credit, you did not come at me with a fist. You did not come at me with a punch. I couldn't believe it. I, I was expecting the punch. But, but what I did was I did what I've always done when I fought you, is I go for your hands. Immediately go for your hands. Like I'm not, going, I'm not looking at your face or nothing. I'm not trying to do, hurt you. I'm just trying to grab those hands. And I figure if I can grab the hands, then I can start to get you in some sort of wicked chokehold or some sort of fucking thing. <laughs> Which is my only chance to beat you. It's my only chance to beat you, and you fucking know it, right? You know it. Like and, Royce Gracie. <laughs> yeah. I'm untrained. I'm untrained. But I spent a lot of time watching wrestling. <laughs> but listen, I'll tell you something. Just to paint the picture at home, look at what this altercation is. If you're looking at the matchup, the tail of the tape, if you will... <laughs> My brother, Paul Van Dyke, Paul Michael Charles Van Dyke, for those doing police checks on him. Hey. <laughs> I'm sorry. So Paul's Van Dyke, he comes at me, uh, and Paul is a, is a man, like a real man, like not a banker, you know. <laughs> this has been established in the, in the program that he works with his hands and, and uh, if you, and his, uh, his oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just, we're going to pause it because the furnace is too loud. Oh, he he, so he works with his hands, right? And he's so he's a real man. You know, he's not a soft hand. He's not like a banker. You don't hold, you don't shake his hand. It feels like he's shaking some tissue paper. You know, <laughs> it's like a, it's like shaking a rock. You know, it's a man. Like you know, it's a guy like a farmer or or a guy in the trades. You know, a guy that does work, real work. He's he's a man. His muscles. He doesn't look like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, maybe look 
<laughs> Maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger holding a Strong beach back. ball. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, something like that. Maybe him now, a Schwarzenegger now, you know, after he's let himself go after Mr. Lupia. He's like 75. He may look like that, but he's still got some. But what I'm talking about is the muscle is dense. The muscle is dense. You know, if Paul comes at you with a punch, it's coming with dense muscle. Like uh, it's your frying pan hand. It's a, it's a hard rock going to hit you in the face, right? And when you're not a guy that's taking a lot of punches, and when you're not a guy that trains this way, you build up certain tolerances or calluses to this sort of thing. If you're a prize fighter or like, a, you know, like you say, like the MMA guys, if you kick them in their shins, like they, they practice getting kicked in the shins. But if one of those guys kick me in the shin like that, I'll puke immediately <laughs> because I'm not used to it, right? You, you would too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those guys that do that for a living or that train heavily at that, they, they condition their body to absorb certain punishment, right? Where I do not have that luxury, right? <laughs> I'm a, in the, if I was a if I was a Southern slave, right, I would be a house Negro, is what they would call me, a house Negro, and I am not the guy. I am not the, the field guy, you know. <laughs> I'm the house guy, right? Uh, I'm the field guy. You're the field guy, <laughs> right? Sure. So if you're gonna have a fight between the field guy and the house guy, right? The field guy's going to kick the house guy's ass, <laughs> right? Oh, probably. <laughs> now, if we want to look at it, that's, the, that's just the, the uh, physical attributes of this matchup. Now let's go to the uh, experience, you know? Now we go to the experience chart, you know, for a number of fights we've been in. Well, we've established I've been in one fight, Waterford Pride Whiskey Night. I got drunk at a, par, at a bar in London, Ontario, and uh, I went to, uh, someone stole my jacket. I had drank whiskey all night. This was the third Waterford Pride Whiskey Night, and we went to um, London right before my wedding to celebrate one time, just the three guys. Drank a ton of whiskey, left the bar. There was a ton of times we should have gotten in a fight in the bar because of our mouths full of whiskey. And then we uh, went to this like little uh, pizza place or whatever it was after we left the bar. And uh, someone had stolen my jacket, and my friend had stolen me a woman's jacket that I was wearing, which is a mistake I made, and I apologize to the woman whose jacket we stole. <laughs> But we did steal her jacket, and I was wearing it. And it was really short. It was really small. And uh, my friend, who was trying to poke fun at me because I was really sour and mad because I lost this jacket I really liked because I got like it's this cheap old like sheepskin jacket. It was like I just really thought it was comfortable. I liked it. I was pissed off someone took it. And then uh, it was like a thirty dollars jacket I got at Goodwill or something like that. It was a real. I just liked it, you know. Anyways, uh, uh, this this uh, my friend goes to this this Lebanese kid he says. Uh, how do you like my friend's jacket? He goes, uh, um, I think he looks like a little red riding hood. That's what the guy said, right? Well, I didn't. I thought it was a good joke. You know, nice joke, kid. I don't mind it. You know, it's not a big. I, would, I, don't, I can take a joke. You know, no problem. But I said, a I said or sorry, I shouldn't use his name. But I said to my friend, you can take this jacket and shove it up your ass. You know? Because I was like, I hate wearing the jacket to begin with. Because he made me wear it because I was sore about losing my jacket. It's too cold. Wear the jacket. Well, some poor girls out there in a halter top. <laughs> halter top. Whatever. They, they were dressed like whores when they go to bars, right? So, <laughs> so then, uh, so we go, so I throw the jacket to the ground, you know, just to say, like, fuck this jacket, you know? Well, the kid took it as a sign of aggression that I was mad at his joke. So I threw the jacket to the ground. Well, the kid grabs my sweater that I got from my cousin, uh, Kelly. For Christmas, she picked it out nice for me. It was one of the nicest sweaters that I've ever owned. Beautiful V-neck sweater. So we're in it for a night on the town, you know. And he rips it. 
and punch and he he grabs me by the V neck, rips it down, and then with in one motion like punches up and like punches my nose and explodes it. You know, like it. Uh, I'm bleeding all over the place. My nose just kind of blows up. You know, he punched me right in the nose, and uh, so I'm I'm drunk and a little disoriented now. And so I'm walking away with my friends, and I said, what happened? You know, I look at my jacket, my sweater, it's ripped, it's covered in blood. I said, what happened, eh? And my friends tell me, uh, the guy just punched you in the face. <laughs> and I go, what? You know, I, he's just punched you in the face. And I was like, I couldn't believe it, you know? I'd never been in a uh, fight before, you know? Physical altercation <laughs> like this. So then I... Uh, I, ch- I jump it and he's, he, I look back and there's a guy who punched me in the face. He's getting congratulated by all his friends. You know, he's done such a great job of, of punching me in the face, right? Well, I didn't like it. I didn't like that. I didn't like how he's getting congratulated for it because I thought it was bad what he did, right? So I went running at him. It's a nice storm. It's a nice storm, by the way. It's like it's very slippery. <laughs> it's very, very slippery. That's a very crucial point to this story because <coughs> so I went to it while he's getting congratulated in the center of his friends. He's in the center. So there's a lot of other of his allies around him and he's in the middle and i go running into the center of the group and he must have thought i was coming to congratulate him on a job well done but i wasn't i uh, punch him in the face say eh? like uh, lots of times <laughs> as many as i could right to get in because i knew that uh, i'm gonna have to take a lot of punches at this point in time <laughs> because there's a whole bunch of those guys all around me right and i jumped in the middle of it you know it wasn't the best um choice i should have actually asked him to come out of his group of friends <laughs> <laughs> and faced me in another place, you know. But uh, I wasn't thinking uh, uh, like uh, very straight at that point in time. I was running at him, you know. And then, uh, yeah, I fell down, and then they kicked in me in the face and ribs and uh, stuff many times. Uh, in fact, uh, my at my wedding, I was still very beat up. I had, I had like uh, bruised ribs, and uh, I had a kind of a, a, a rolled ankle that was uh, still really sore. So at my even during my wedding, at standing in the front of the church, I was in a ton of pain from the fight that I had got been in. But I, no one knew it. Not even my wife. I didn't tell her, you know, because I didn't want her to worry about me. But it was a ton. I was really beat up. <laughs> and, and, but I remember at that point in time. But anyways, that was my one fight. So that's my experience. You, on the other hand, my friend. Oh, I'm a lover, not a fighter, Pete. Have you been in more than one fight? I have been in more than one fight. Yes. <laughs> so the experience uh, 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 would have to go to you as well, eh? For I'll fighting? Be- Yes. But there's one aspect of experience that's not been talked about here, and it's the crucial aspect of experience, which is how many times have you beat me in a fight in your life? <laughs> Growing up as kids? Never. <laughs> never. There's never been a clear victory. No, never. Yeah. But I have had clear victories over you. Yes. <laughs> so this creates, this creates a mental advantage that I have when I'm physically inferior, Right. And I'm also uh, lacking experience of any skill set, you know, of any sort of callus or ability to take a punch. I have none of it, none of it at all, right? But I have, uh, I have two things going for me. I have one, I have uh, the mental advantage of knowing that I beat you every time I've faced you, or at least tied you, at least tied you. <laughs> but I've never lost to you. I'm an undefeated record. So that's one thing I got going for me. And the other thing I got going for me is that... Um, I have a, uh, I have a, I'm, I'm so fucking mad right now <laughs> that I don't care how many times you punch me in the face. 
<laughs> I am not going to sit there and be uh, a less of a... I'm not going to back down at this point in this battle to my little brother. No, you'll never back down. Never. Never. <laughs> in a million years. <laughs> I don't care how bad I am beat up. I am getting right back up and punching you again. And one, you got <laughs> one major thing on your side. What's that? You're my brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's the one thing that was the only reason we're in the fight in the first place. But it's the only reason why it didn't hit you, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it? Yeah, For that's real. right. What's well, the only reason I'm working with you? <laughs> uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I didn't know you, if I, if we were strangers, I got to tell you right now, if we were strangers, we weren't brothers. But we're the same people we are right now. We're strangers and we're There's no way we'd be on that job together. We would never have even met each other. No. How, would we have? No, for sure no. I don't think we would have ran in the same circles at all. No, so that's that's why we're there. It's because we were brothers. Right. And it is kind of two different worlds. It's weird because when we were kids, you would say that that was, uh, you know, that was the source of all the conflict, right? The differences. Mostly, was it? Oh, Age yeah, is just, different, too. You're just growing up. It's just normal shit, right? Yeah, fight them out. Some of it's just spending that much time with another person. Anytime you spend that much time with another person, you're gonna you're gonna butt heads from time to time, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, like my kids too. They say, "Why do uh, why why do we fight all the time?" I'm like, "Well, because you're not supposed to live with a person all the time. You're supposed to like be with them partially sometimes. But if you with anyone for that long, like that goes for husbands and wives or people at work that work all together. Eventually, you get sick of each other. It's like you just it's just spending too much time with a person. No two people should spend that much time together because you get as soon as you get comfortable with each other, you start taking liberties. And then with family, it's even worse. You know, you get, you take a, you'll take a, li I'll say something to you. I won't say to a person that's not my brother, you know? Oh, for sure. For two reasons. One, because I can, because you have to like me no matter what, because you're my brother. <laughs> that's one of the reasons why I can say anything I want to you. But the other reason is because I care about you. So then I want to tell you the truth. I don't want to fucking bullshit my brother. You know, like to me, that would be a disservice to you, right? If I thought yeah. something was screwed up about what you were doing in your life, then, then I would tell you. Whereas a person that you see, let's say you were messing your life up. Let's say you were really doing something that was like destructive or something to, let's say you're a drug addict or a, you know, a, a, what do you call it? A cutter. You're sitting there cutting yourself all the time, you know? <laughs> I don't know. What's a save me, Pete? Yeah, you're like a, you just look in the mirror and you say, so you're not pretty enough, and you just cut yourself. You know, you're a teenage girl. That's what you are. So then, uh, <laughs> is that you're doing that? You know, if I find out like uh, a guy that I kind of know, I've met him at a few parties, and he's been a guy from town or whatever. I kind of like kind of know him, but I don't really care. And I'm like, that guy's really screwed up. He's like cutting himself, and he's doing all these things. I'm like, jeez, uh, too bad about that guy. You know, like I hope he gets his shit together. But I'm not talking to him, right? But with your brother. You hear your brother's cutting himself and like uh, putting lipstick on him and put, put, tucking his dick between between his legs and you know <laughs> oh. he's got a girl in a pit that he's like trying to thin up to. Pete, Pete might get murdered. <laughs> Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Hey, put some lotion in the basket. Put some lotion in the fucking basket. <laughs> You're like, oh, your brother's turning into Buffalo Bill. You're gonna say something to him, right? He's your brother. <laughs> yeah. You don't let that stuff slide, right? <laughs> you say, Paul, don't do that. You know, you don't turn him into cops. You tell him to stop doing it first. <laughs> but then if he keeps doing it, you have to do what's right for that girl in the well. <laughs> <laughs>
You gotta think about her first, Paul. Sorry, you know, family's one thing, but don't put that girl in the well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind you putting the dick between your legs and dancing around, you know. <laughs> but like the girl in the well, don't do that. So, <laughs> where are we going with that? That's know. the fight. So we had it on that. Anyways, we ended up getting to where we locked up, but there was no real punches thrown, was there? No, we just locked up and then like pushed each other away. And I'll tell my, I'll tell the world my great shame was what I kept yelling at you at the end of the fight. Do you remember what it was? <laughs> it's a shame to me. I, every time I get into a physical altercation, I do something humiliating that's like <laughs> unforgivable. Or I, I just like really ashamed of myself after. And I did one in this fight too. Do you know what it is? Do you I remember? Know, I think. Uh, what I keep yelling at you is my argument. I kept yelling the same thing at the what? end. I was, you don't think I'm a man? <laughs> What? You don't think I'm a man? Yelling at me, like right in my face, like yelling, spitting and throttling. And you were, I remember you being kind of like taken aback where you're just like, what? Yeah, yeah okay, you're a man, but you're like, what's man, this have to do with it? You're gonna get hit like a fucking man in a second. Yeah. yeah. I was ready for it. I wanted to get hit. At that point in time, I wanted to get hit. It doesn't hurt as bad as you think. It really doesn't. Oh, it doesn't. It's no. shocking. Yeah, you get adrenaline pumping and stuff like that. It doesn't hurt till the next day, to be honest with you. Like it, it doesn't hurt when you're getting punched. Like, no, it, no, if I doesn't. knew that, like, I, I found that out at the fight, it was right before I got married. But once I'm married, I'm not gonna get in fights, you know, it's not a thing I do. Like, I, you're, I think you're a grown man, you're just like, oh, I don't need to fight anybody, I gotta go to work the next day, you know, I don't want to go in with a black eye, look like an idiot because I can't control my temper. <laughs> so, so I, um, so I, you know, just saying you're not gonna fight, but once I took that punch, I'm like, oh, geez, I don't know why I was wasn't fighting all the time because it doesn't hurt that bad, you know, like. I was afraid of this. Like, I got beat up pretty good. Those guys all kicked the crap out of me. <laughs> but I was like, I can take that. That's not as bad as I thought it would be, you know. But that was a savage beating. <laughs> uh, Charters, who was at that thing, he was Ran. very upset. Wait, he he ran away? He called the police. <laughs> <laughs> He's concerned uh, for my safety, Paul. Do you know what me and my friends would have did? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I don't think it would have ended the same way. It was helpful, but by the time, uh, <laughs> by the time um, uh, the police had came, they actually put my other two friends in the in the police car. Right? That's a, that's a real that's a real fact. Well, he called the cops on himself. No, what happened was the police arrived, but I had already like I got I got up like they had they had come back and and tried to like help me. So they were like uh, try they were like. Um, like trying to get these guys off me and punching them and stuff. Like there was a, it was a, they were fighting these guys too to try to get them off of me. And then they did get off of me for a while and they concentrated on these two. And then that gave me a chance to get up. And then once I got up, they were like, go, go, go. They're after you, not us. Right. You know, and they were just kind of trying to hold them and break them up. So then I kind of left. And then I went back to his house and they didn't, and they weren't coming back. So then I go back. My face is just a mess, you know, blown up with blood and everything. And so I get to the, uh, I, I get back to the parking lot where we had this fight, and I can see my friends getting loaded in the you know, police car. The police are like arresting them, like or or like, and I'm like, oh, whoa, what's going on? And they go, is this your friend? To me, and they can see my face is all bloodied and stuff like that. And they go, yeah, that's our friend, that's our friend. And I'm like, what's going on? You know, these guys beat us up. You know, it's not like we beat them up, but tech, I had a lot of blame in that. You know, he he had the first punch, but I went back and. <laughs> It just was a savage beating, and they wouldn't stop, you know. So, so anyways, uh, they were they, once they saw me all bloody, then the story kind of made sense what they were telling. But without me there, it was just like those guys were all bloody, 
And my two friends looked pretty clean. They didn't look like they had a scratch on them. And then some of their kids were bloodied from when I punched them and when, uh, and when they were getting them off me and stuff. Like there was some damage done to these people. <laughs> we were still, you know, these are like uh, Lebanese city kids. And we were still like these Norfolk uh, farm boys that we still did a few. We still got our licks in, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it wasn't like I just it was a all all the victory. <laughs> they just had the numbers game going going. We had the numbers game going against us, and we didn't have good footwear. <laughs> we were we slipped to the ground once we're on the ground, and there's that many of them. They just start kicking and stuff. And it's like hard to tackle the whole group just of kids. Like- Kids <laughs> kicking you in a circle. Yeah, <laughs> a vicious beating. It was like a playground beating of all like these <laughs> small, wiry-looking Lebanese kids. You know, that's what they were. All like small, but they were like vicious. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like ninjas. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> just kick you, and they didn't, didn't have any regard for it. Like not in the head, not in the teeth. I'm getting married in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that really did happen. But anyways, so I'm. Uh, but I remember thinking, like, I got savagely beaten, and I didn't think that was uh, that was that bad. Like, I would have fought more, but uh, I'm glad I didn't know that because I would have been a real dick. I would have been like one of the, I probably would have been a real uh, jerk to deal with if I knew you could get in fights all the time, you know. You already were. <laughs> Actually, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. When I was young, I was too scared. Like, I always talked myself out of trouble when guys wanted to fight me. I just talked my way out of it because I didn't want to get mixed up in it, right? But now I would have just taken the punches. It wouldn't have been that bad. But I always felt like a real bitch afterwards, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're like some guy wants to fight you, and you're like, I don't want to fight that guy. But what's he being such a dick for? You know, <laughs> I would fucking like to fight you. Even you think about it, you know, like why are you being a jerk? I'm just showing up at a dance. Like, uh, what? You don't like my sweater? You want to fight me? Doesn't seem to me much of a good reason to fight, but you're kind of a dick. You know, maybe I would fight you if I knew it didn't hurt. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know, right? Anyways, we're over an hour and we haven't done feedback. We got feedback, so we should do it. Um, we got feedback. <laughs> feedback. Welcome to Feedback. We got feedback, everybody. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone that's been listening to this show. Um, we had some technical difficulties as far as our uh, tracking um, or our ratings tracking uh, program from our podcast provider. Uh, so we don't really know how well the last show did as far as numbers go because we didn't get our numbers on opening day and the following day and stuff. But um, we did get a lot of feedback from our listeners, which let us know that they were actually listening. So thank you for everyone that did that. And uh, what we learned about uh, last week's episode, Tinder... Uh, ho- uh, Tinder Church and Hockey was that Eves Van Dyke is a huge star of the show now, and I, we can't wait to really go and uh, have a real sit down uh, chat with Eves. Um, and I do think that's going to be probably a special episode. Uh, we might throw out a special episode for uh, Dutch Hall uh, shareholders that uh, helped us out by sponsoring us either by a donation uh, in person or going and uh, making a PayPal donation on the website. Uh, for any of the shareholders alive from the Dutch Hall, we might be working on getting an interview, an audio interview with the great Eves Van Dyke because he's been such a hit with our listeners. And uh, I think he's an interesting character that people would like to see. So maybe we'll make something special for subscribers or for shareholders or something like that. We're working on some stuff. So thank you for everyone that gives feedback. As also I said, I knew I met a guy over the Christmas holiday, a relative uh, of my wife, and uh, uh, 
someone I didn't expect to be a listener of Live from Dutch Hall, but he, he said he had listened to a couple of the episodes, and he made mention that he found the show to be controversial. Controversial. <laughs> and I never really thought of it before, that my show was controversial. I thought it was just simply a bunch of guys talking like regular guys talk. I didn't think there was, I was really saying anything that people don't say, but I guess in certain company and certain sensitivities that exist uh, in the general public, like maybe if you go to some politically correct uh, suburb where people are like uh, trucking their kids to, uh, um, like, uh, what do you call it? Like maybe uh, they're doing like a family uh, a meditation session followed up by some maybe a maybe a light curl, a light curling bond spiel, right? And then some hot chocolate <laughs> at the park or something, maybe? Is that what they do in the suburbs? I don't know. I don't know what happens in the suburbs. But it seems very nice. They're wearing designer clothing and wearing and driving nice cars, right? That's how it happens in the suburbs. I don't know. They all do the same thing at the same time. They follow each other around. That's how I picture the suburbs. But maybe that's... Uh, Maybe they wouldn't like some of the subject matter that we talk about here at Live in the Dutch Hall. I never really considered us to be controversial before. So I questioned them. I said, really, you think we're controversial? He said, everything I listened to was. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> Hands down. He didn't seem to mind it, so I appreciate him. He's still listening to the show. He seems to enjoy it. So what, it was, so I'd like to thank him for listening. Thanks a lot there for the feedback. <laughs> yeah, right. The other... the. Uh, the other thing that uh, we always, uh, well, I got to come out and tell you what's going on with the show. It's a good time. We should thank our sponsors. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can either go to my website, uh, livefromthedutchhall.com, and click on the Amazon banner. And anytime you're doing your Amazon shopping, uh, a bit of your proceeds will come back to Life from the Dutch Hall and help us make the improvements to make this show better. Uh, the other thing you can do is uh, go on Life from the Dutch Hall from time to time and check out the great deals from VG Meats. Uh, print out the coupon and bring it into VG's. Uh, I got some feedback actually from uh, from one of the VG boys who told me uh, we were actually skeet shooting uh, over at Jason Ryder's house. It was a great, uh, great. Thank you, Jason, for having us over. It was great. I hate guns, but or I, I'm not comfortable with guns, but it was a great event. I really enjoyed it. I look forward to doing it again, and I won't be such a pussy next time. <laughs> but I am terrified. I don't want to do anything stupid. Eh? Like I, that's the main thing when I'm, when I'm with guns. I'm just not. Uh, used to them, so I'm always afraid I'm gonna do something wrong. Like I don't want to like uh, do anything unsafe or anything, because there was like kids shooting and stuff like that, like uh, like young, you know, kids of all ages and stuff, like uh, like they were learning the stuff. And I like imagine these guys are all doing all the right things because they've been coached properly by their parents and taught all the safety precautions and stuff. Where I'm this guy, just kind of they assume I know what the hell I'm doing, but I, I've never done it before, so I was I'm so afraid I'm gonna do something stupid, eh? So. Uh, luckily, I didn't. I was very well coached. Did you hit a pigeon? Yeah, I actually got four out of ten. I got four out of ten when I did my individual one, and then we went and did this other game where if the one guy missed, then you had a chance to get it, and then he would be out, and then you'd, it was elimination like that. You lined up beside each other and shot the pigeons, you know? Yeah. It was a good game. It was really fun. And that one was actually better, but I stunk it up big time. And I was in a group with a bunch of other guys like me, like my cousin uh, Kyle, who is also not a not really a gunsman, you know, <laughs> and I think uh, was it Ben, my another cousin that's just new at the gun game, right? And uh, we were missing everything. We just stunk it up. Like the round before us was hitting everything. They couldn't stop hitting it, you know. Like, <laughs> and then our group came up and was like, first one that hits wins, you know. It was totally different. <laughs> we're all rooting for each other. Just hit one, so it'd be over, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but we stunk. But anyways, it ended up. Uh, it was a great day out. 
So uh, we went. What was I going with that story? We said we went there, and one of the VG boys was there with, the, and uh, and he said that uh, the only person ever brings in a live from the Dutch Hall coupon to to get a deal to get the great deals that the VG boys offer is uh, Ryan Vandenbush, uh, my brother-in-law, and a great uh, guest that we've had on the show in the past. We're actually planning another show with uh, Ryan coming up shortly, and. Um, Ryan uh, brings the coupon in every day like a, a very loyal Dutch Hall listener and uh, brings it in and the girls behind the counter say um, they're like they think he printed it off himself. They have to always go back and ask one of the guys like is this for real or is he just uh, did he just make something up so he can get a deal on on meat? Eh? <laughs> like Ryan's just at home inventing uh, coupons <laughs> and, print, and printing them out and bringing them into VG Meats and just saying like honestly I get ten percent off you know country ham you know <laughs> give me a gift basket please you know. Anyways, I think thank you very much, Ryan, for using the coupon. And if you would like to join them and go and get some great quality VG Meat products, you can get a you can print out the coupon on my website, lifeinthedutchhall.com, and you will and they'll a little bit of that money also will come back and support the show. And uh, thank you for the boys at VGs for the support. Um, and then the next thing we want to talk about is that we have some big things maybe happening with the show. We're looking at uh, looking at a video component for the show, and how we're and uh, we have some people that have approached us about uh, looking at maybe doing it um, and distributing it in different fashions, uh, so you can get it uh, in video form as well as audio. So uh, some things might be happening in that regard. And there was an article that came out in the Norfolk News today, which uh, showcased live from the Dutch Hall, but for some reason it was not thrown on my driveway, and I can't because it's a bit of a snowstorm out there right now. And so I didn't get to read it before the show, but I've, I've gotten texts from people who have got the paper who said it was, uh, uh, it was a, big, a big spread, is what they said. Nice big spread about the <laughs> Live from the Dutch Help program. So, because, uh, so I can't wait to read it. And thank you to the Norfolk News for coming out and uh, sitting down with me. And, and uh, I really enjoyed the time they, I spent with you. And, and hopefully... Uh, and thank you again for supporting the show. We'll give you a round of applause. One last person to thank. What is the story here? There we go. One last person to thank today, and that's our great friend, and I believe a listener. And if he isn't a listener anymore, then at least this is a tribute to the great Haitian dwarf. And I learned a new trick from Craig Flanken about this song, eh? That's this one. I love that word. <laughs> Thank you very much, Haitian Dwarf. You've been with me since the beginning, Haitian Dwarf, and you've always provided me with feedback every week. And I always appreciate it, and I like to always make mention to you because you've been one of the great listeners. And the last time we have, uh, we the last time we talked to you, you were um, giving us feedback about, uh, I think it was the uh, anniversary show. And then we've had uh, two shows since, and no word from the Haitian Dwarf. So I want to say we really like the theme song. We kind of worked out that whole I love that word thing at the end of it. It's working really good, Haitian Dwarf. So it'd be a shame if you died horribly in some sort of uh, accident involved with being thrown into a Velcro wall or if there's any, God forbid, health concerns that you're dealing with. 
you know, whatever's going, whatever's happening in your life, just tweet it out. Like, just, you know, you got a lot of fans out there, you know, people that are following you on Twitter, Haitian Dwarf on Twitter. There's people that really do support you. So I really hope that uh, you can reach out to us. Let us know you're okay. And, uh, and uh, if you, you know, that if I did something, God forbid to offend you, you know, that please let me know because it wasn't my intention. You know, I'm your biggest fan. So Haitian Dwarf, get well soon. Hope to hear from you. Otherwise, uh, um, we'll have to uh, wrap up feedback. We got feedback this week, and just give a hate store for a little time. That's it. That's it. That's the show. That is uh, feedback. We got feedback. Now we are uh, an hour eleven in the show. You want to end with one story? I got one story I want to do with you. We're gonna end with this one. It's a news story, and this one is about. Um, I'm going to read it to you, Paul, and what I want, I'm interested to hear your opinion on what this story is. Because what I notice about stories that you um, read in the news is that uh, this was front page on the Huffington Post. It was uh, not in the weird news section where I like to visit, where they give me some, some ridiculous stories that I can comment on. But uh, this was in the front page with real news. Real news, Paul, like the serious stuff. <laughs> That's what I'm covering in this show. No bullshit. This is the real deal. And we got RCMP Constable Kevin Thoreau. This is his name. He took an intoxicated woman he had arrested out of a cell and drove her to his northern Manitoba home to pursue a personal relationship, according to RCMP adjudication documents obtained by CBC News. Right? So, again, I'm going to say this again, because this is the statement. This uh, RCMP constable, Kevin whatever, Thoreau, took an intoxicated woman. So she was arrested for being intoxicated, too intoxicated. Now, the, 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 the uh, title of the article was like, uh, Aboriginal woman, uh, blah, 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 like taken, like discharged into police custody, uh, to his, taken to his home or whatever, right? Or taken, you know. For personal, you know. Anyways, Aboriginal woman is what they said in the headline. In the article, they never make, they don't make mention originally that she's an Aboriginal woman, but she happens to be an Aboriginal woman. I don't know why it's even pertinent to the story, to be honest with you. It's an intoxicated woman that he brings home, that he arrests. He's the arresting officer. He arrests her, puts her in jail. Then he discharges her to his custody. He asks the judge, can she be discharged to my custody? Or whatever it is, not the judge or whatever. I don't know the rules. I don't know the rules. I've never been arrested. <laughs> but whoever did it, he has to be, can this person be discharged to my custody, this drunk uh, girl? And uh, he said he's going to take her to uh, his, uh, into his care or whatever. So what happened was uh, uh, fellow officers <laughs> teased and goaded him by text messaging him to see how far he would go. So... Uh, and another constable observed flirting between Thoreau and the indigenous woman. Now she's an indigenous woman. An indigenous <laughs> woman. They make that, when they say she's an indigenous woman, and they make mention in the article that she's an Aboriginal woman, they say both of them are saying, like, it's almost like they're like, uh, there's this, like, RCMP officer, and they went into, like, a tribe of, you know, <laughs> indigenous creatures and tried to, like, bang them. You know, it's like not... I don't like the name. I don't even like that word, indigenous. It kind of gives you that more. It's more like, a, like it's a, like you're looking into a. These are just regular people. Happen to be of Aboriginal descent, live in a community. You know, she, she got drunk. She got arrested. This guy arrested her. She's hot, right? She sounds like this guy thinks she's pretty hot, right? 
I don't know what this guy looks like. He might look like a 300-pound trucker. They give me no basis <laughs> of what this story is. You can fill in the blanks with whatever you want. That's what I'm saying about these stories. You don't really know the truth, but this is, the, this is what they say in the article. So it goes, fellow officers teased him and goaded him by text messaging him to see how far he would go. And another con- constable observed flirting between him and the woman. Joking, they made a comment about having, he made a comment about having a threesome with her. So he's, he's basically got a drunk girl and he's arrested her. Uh, he's, uh, they're making sexual comments back and forth. Like he's making comments. She's probably flirting with him, I imagine, to say like, do I really have to go to jail? You know, can't I just suck your dick? You know, and then you let me go home, right? Something like that. I'll suck your dick. You let me go home, you know? And he's like, I'd like to do this thing with my dick. You're really hot, right? You know, something like that. You don't know what it is. There's not this. Whatever we're reading, that's not what really happened. This is a regular, something happened different, right? But I don't know what it is. Like, something happened. It's, this is true, but, you know, what did it really happen? You know, like, this is a regular guy, picks up this hot drunk chick, right? A girl he's attracted to. Maybe not hot to you and I, but hot to him. You know, like, maybe she is hot. Maybe she's Pocahontas hot, you know? <laughs> oh, God. I went to, I went to Disney World. And I went to see Woody, Jesse, and Pocahontas, and I got to tell you, I got, I'm like, can I get my picture with Pocahontas? Because uh, you get your picture taken with Jesse and whatever, but I'm getting my picture taken with Pocahontas. She was hot. <laughs> that was the hottest princess in uh, Disney World was Pocahontas, man. Woo, she's a knockout, man. <laughs> she was a knockout. Wow. Anyway, so this girl could be Pocahontas hot, right? So you got drunk Pocahontas hot girl in the cell, right? This guy's arresting her, going, I don't want to arrest her. I just want to, I just want to get busy. I just want this girl bad. <laughs> and then he's like, You release her in my custody, I'll take you home and I'll fuck you to freedom, man. Like you're gonna get to <laughs> all fucked all the way to freedom. <laughs> right? And then uh, so she's like, Yeah, I'm up with that. So, anyways, uh, the senior officer said, the senior officer in the detachment first said it wasn't right. He didn't think it was right. And he, and he said uh, it wasn't right for uh, him to take the woman out of custody, but finally said, you know what? You arrested her. This is a quote, by the way. This is a quote. This is what the senior officer of the RCMP said in this detachment. <laughs> he goes, quote, you arrested her. You do whatever the fuck you want to do. End of quote. That was a quote from this uh, senior officer. So he arrested her. Therefore, he can take her home and bang her or do whatever he wants. That's what the senior officer believes. So that was that's our that's our RCMP in action, right? And uh, you know, I think people that hold these guys to a higher standard have to think this. Look, like people are people, and these people are like guys that live in northern Manitoba, who are like regular dudes. The job happens to be RCMP, but they're guys just trying to like, you know, break up fights on the reserve, and you know, like they're. Trying, they're going to house parties and breaking up drunk girls at local watering holes and bringing them into the drunk tank for the night. This he he released her to his custody after I think it says six hours of, uh, yeah, it says right here. He said uh, um, they arrested the woman at a party and placed her in a cell until she sobered up. Six hours after she was brought in, he returned to the detachment out of uniform, out of uniform. So he arrested her, went home. Came in as a plainclothes citizen, not a, not an RCMP officer, and asked for her to be released to his care after he gave her six hours to sober up. Right? Oh yeah, she's sober. 
So he he flirted with her when he brought her in, and he thought she was a real good-looking, nice... He was a girl that he would like to pursue a relationship with. So you arrest a girl. This is... this is So you see how the story started out, Paul? <laughs> this was some guy looking to get some Pocahontas pussy, right? <laughs> He's getting Pocahontas pussy. But now you're looking at it, and like, you know what this was? This was a guy who found love. This is a guy... <laughs> This is a guy who arrested, he went to a party. He's called because of an altercation of uh, some crazy drunk Pocahontas, just beautiful woman, who's like uh, sticking her big thumbnail into another native girl's eye, you know, drunk as fuck because she looked at her boyfriend or something. Right? <laughs> and so she gets called to the party. She's got to take the drunk girl, put her in the drunk tank. But as he's taking her up, he look, they, look at, they lock eyes. They look at each other, right? Instant love. They know it. it's love at first sight. She's beautiful. She's everything he's ever wanted. She's crazy. She's crazy pussy. I love crazy pussy, right? That's what he's thinking. She's everything I've ever wanted. And she's the most beautiful native I've ever seen in my life. And he's and she's like, it's a man in uniform. He's strapping. It's beautiful. I want him to take me into custody, make love to me all night long, right? That's what they say to each other. It's beautiful. It's a love story. He takes her in. She's like, I made a mistake tonight. I want to change my whole life. As soon as I looked in your eyes, I realized... <laughs> But this is where my life should be going. This is who we should be. We should be together. And he says to her, you know what? I have to do my job. I'm, a, I'm an RCMP officer. I'm an RCMP officer. I have a responsibility. I was called in on a call. And I have to do my duty even though I know I love you. I know it already. We are in love. And I want to spend the rest of my life with you. But I have to do my duty because I'm an honest man. I'm bringing you in. I'm going to book you. And you're going to get six hours to sleep it off. But when I'm not, a, when I'm not an officer... When I'm just a man, then I'm just a man that's in love with you, right? <laughs> so he books her like a gentleman, puts her in the puts her in the jail, goes back goes goes back home, and he gets into his plain clothes and he says, "I'm a, I'm not an officer anymore. Now I'm just a man in love. I'm a man in love with a woman, right?" And he goes there and he picks up this woman. Could she be released to my custody? Well, what do you have to do with this woman? You were an arresting officer. I may be an arresting officer, but I'm also her love, like her one true love, you know. That's what he says. Says right. <laughs> then he, then he picks her up into his custody, and all his buddies from the precinct are texting him dirty things, belittling his relationship, saying, "Ah, oh, you're just trying to get some of that hot Pocahontas pussy, eh, buddy?" <laughs> and he's like, "This is this is revolting. This is a, this is not what it is. I'm not an RCMP officer using my power. I'm just a man in love. And you guys are horrible. And really, the the true criminal here is you." For not seeing how beautiful we have together is, right? Anyways, I'm saying there's two ways to read the story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the truth is in this story, but it's somewhere in between. Somewhere in between. Anyway. And uh, while the people don't agree with me, the people think it's a gross abuse of power, and they call the incident appalling. And then uh, they there's they went on to say that um, that the uh, one of their bosses um, uh, had to eventually call him. When he was driving the girl home and say, do not take her to your house. Take her directly to her house. Take her home. So he did that. He, 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 he did what he was instructed to do, take her home. He didn't take her to his house to pursue a physical relationship. What he did was he took her to her house and he got her to blow him there. <laughs> <laughs> I believe. That's speculation. Allegedly. Allegedly. What was the legal thing well, we got to do here? Most yeah. likely. Yeah. <laughs> most likely. <laughs> I, something happened, Yeah. I don't think so. It sounds like a beautiful relationship. Uh, I think I hope it works out for the two of them. And um, <laughs> I'm a real big supporter of them. I I think you know when when the CBC called, 
and asked for a comment from the RCMP. They said would, they would not talk uh, to the press about one specific case, you know, of this nature. And so they refused comment. And there's been no uh, disciplinary action taken on the officer that, that, that the paper at least was aware of. And I don't think there should be for true love, you know. I don't think there should be. And really the crime itself was, let's say the guy is a dirtbag, okay. Let's go right there. And, and let's, let's, I don't know why the Aboriginal thing gets involved in this story at all. I bring it up just because they did. <laughs> I think it's stupid that they even bring it up. It has nothing to do with the story. It's a woman. You know, just period a woman. It, like, you don't have to, like, uh, imagine her race or ethnicity or religious aff affiliation, <laughs> who she voted for. You know, none of that matters. In this case, it's a woman, right, who gets drunk to the point where she creates such a ruckus that they have to call the police and get her arrested, right? Yeah. That is a fact. That is a fact in this story. There's, that is an undisputable fact. There was a call that was made because this girl was being such a, an animal. Of some, she was being, <laughs> creating such a problem in, the, in her drunken state that the police had to be called. And the, police, the policeman that arrested her was so taken by her, even through that, right? Through the flirting that they did when they were arresting him. And he suggested a threesome. Well, who hasn't in the fit of true love? Uh, you know, just suggested threesome when you just met a girl, you know? That one maybe tipped it off that it's maybe not quite the love story, I, I'd imagine. But if the guy's into it, like, but they both love threesomes. They both love threesomes. They found, a, they found their, one, their one soulmate, you know? <laughs> you don't know. Anyways, they, uh, I think it'll work out for him. I think it'll work out for him, you know? I, I don't think we should judge these lovebirds. But if it was a regular girl, she's drunk. She's drunk to the point where she gets put in the drunk tank. And then the guy, let's say the cop was, was abusing his power. Let's say the officer was abusing his power to try to say, hey, I'll, I'll let you out early if, you, if we go home and you perform well, some. Me. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, excuse me. So you go take her home, and then, uh, and then you, have a, you have a relationship like that. You have a physical, you know, a bong chicka wow wow. Right? <laughs> we got a sound effect for that one. We got bong chicka wow. Where is it? We got it. Oh, yeah. That's what you do, you know? That's like banging, right? They do that stuff. That's what they do. And the, and so then that the people say that's a horrible thing. You know, how can uh, our young, they make, a, make it an Aboriginal issue. They say, how do our young Aboriginal women, how can they found, find safety in our police force when they are taking them home and having uh, having relationships with them? Like found you know what I mean? That's what they say. You're betraying the trust of them, right? You're betraying the trust of them. Well, I say that girl might not want to get banged by that guy. You know, that's the one thing you might have left out. Like, they're not, you're not always a victim. Maybe the woman, six hours after sobering up, she was drunk the night before. She didn't have to leave the next day. She wakes, when she's drunk, if that officer would have, like, said, hey, I'll let you out right now if you, if you, if you blow me in the parking lot. That's a abuse of power. That should that should be something that's punished, right? But the guy gets off his shift, comes back in plain clothes and makes a pitch, and the person releases him to his custody because they say that's good enough. The girl is drunk, she's sober now, and this guy's gonna make sure she goes straight home. You know? Then where's the crime in that? You know, they seem like they made a story out of nothing, right? And if the girl wanted to do something, if he wasn't if he wasn't using his power to get there, he came to comes the next day, then what's the where's the crime? If if you get horny for a girl, you're arrested and you want to bang her. That shouldn't be a crime. Should it be crime. Just wait till morning. 
Yeah, that guy's still a man. She's still a woman. Just because he had a thing, he, he was been playing clothes when he was got all all real horny. He might have flirted a little bit when he was in an officer, but you can't help yourself there all the time. It's just flirting, right? That's not a crime, is it? Send a few sweet nothings at a girl, offer threesome up to her. I think you should be able to do that as a policeman. You know, I don't know. If you disagree with me, reach out to me at live from the Dutch Hall Gmail dot com. Otherwise, uh, continue to support our sponsors. Guys, uh, stay tuned for big things. There's going to be really some fun stuff that's going to happen with this show. So uh, things are going real well, and I think it's going to be uh, fun. So keep listening. Tell your friends. Thanks to all your support. And the more you can do f- for me as far as uh, sharing my links on Facebook and Twitter, Dutch Hall on Twitter or Live from the Dutch Hall on Facebook, or if you can go on li- on uh, iTunes and just give me a, give me a, a comments or feedback there on iTunes or rating, it'll all help me out as far as uh, how they show me in the in the uh, list of podcasts on iTunes, so that'll all help out. So for those of you who have done it so far, I really do appreciate it, and I want to thank you. Paul, thanks for coming in and hashing it out. Hey, I think thanks. we. Thanks I think so it was nice that it, it nice that it didn't come to blows. It was nice, <laughs> really nice that it didn't come to blows. I think we managed to get a decent show out of it, too. So thanks for helping me out tonight, Paul. And, uh, and I hope I don't get murdered. But until the, if I don't, then I'll see you next week. Okay, everybody? Have a good one.